Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob and A.J. Appleton. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host, AJ Applegarth. How's it going, man? It's going. It's going. Uh, it's going. Apparently, you're ready for the combine and, and, and spring training. Best shape of my life. It's the best right. shape of my life season. Right. Had to, uh, <laughs> had to bring this back, back out um, for obvious reasons because I'm always in the best shape of my life. But it's usually round. So... <laughs> That shirt needs a six pack on the front of it. <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna chalk one on. <laughs> That'd be awesome, actually. Missed opportunity right there. All right, so tonight we are going to be talking about the shortstop position to get you all ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. Uh, before we do that, though, um, just hit that subscribe button, like button, leave the five star ratings, leave those comments, those reviews. Um, Helps us out a lot, and we appreciate it. And also, go over to fantasysixpack.net slash plans. Become an all-access member. You're going to get access to our cheat sheets. Uh, I'm using it right now for TGFBI. It is awesome. Our guest loves it, too. Uh, he has told me himself. Um, so get get in on those for, for your drafts. And... <clears throat> And uh, we've got our award-winning rankings. We've got DFS content. We've got our Discord, which is free, but we've got our premium channels that you have to be a member to, to get access to those. Um, we got a lot of stuff over there, and there's probably more coming too, so uh, jump in there. Use promo code F6PMLB for 15% off. It'll be in, in the show notes, so go ahead and check that out. And then, guys, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's, it's time to move. It's time to move your league to Fantrax. Uh, we say it every week, and we mean it. And we just – all of the leagues that I run are over there, and they're over there for a reason. It's the easiest way to – it's the easiest place to set up a league. They've got the most customizations. They've got the deepest roster pool. It's just so much better. And, and especially for Dynasty players, this is easily the place to go. But for Redraft even too, like the leagues can be open – all year round like they let you renew immediately you don't have to wait for the the processing period or whatever like for you know whatever sites that do that and you know what i'm talking about because it's frustrated the hell out of me too um so jump over there use uh fantrax.com slash fantasy six pack and sign up today with your for a free uh account and uh yeah without further ado let's jump into our guest here and bring him on and somehow he uh he he jumped up top i guess that's, that's the way it should be right uh mr dave eddie <clears throat> we'll swap here just for consistency purposes oh. sorry man dave eddie the uh the dynasty <clears throat> the the <clears throat> dynasty uh what is your title over here i want to say dynasty content manager dynasty but six pack bitch sure he does what i tell him to do no he does a lot of stuff so he's got his his uh his huge rankings rankings list the dynasty rankings over a fantasy six pack he does a ton of a ton of dfs content over on a youtube channel um it's he, very very smart baseball guy here happy to have him on the show tonight how's it going on man 
It's going pretty good. Um, I think that you forgot to mention um, future 2023 TGFBI winner as well. <laughs> your, your, your team is looking pretty nice, man. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, you know, it's a long, it's a long season, long draft. My, my team is not going so hot. Um, I'm, I'm drafting out of the dreaded 12 spot, which just does not seem like a good spot this year. Um, but yeah, your team's shaping up nicely. I will say I did end up getting Hunter Green back in the eighth round, which is a pretty nice value, I feel like. I mean, I know you talked about it um, at the Open, but I, I do <laughs> want to reiterate that these tools that come along with that Fantasy Six-Pack plan really are fantastic. Um, you know, Joe created this uh, cheat sheet, which I think is absolutely amazing. And, and I'm the kind of guy who I do a lot of leagues like this, and so I'm very, very picky about what I use. And up to this point, I've only used stuff that I've made. Um, and, you know, with a little bit of help from myself, but mostly Joe's work, this cheat sheet is fantastic. And then the draft tracker, which I literally use religiously for these redraft leagues. I don't, I honestly don't know anymore how I could draft without him. Um, Joe took something that I half-assed made just for myself and has created into a significantly better tool. So, I mean, the reality of the situation is just that just those cheat sheets are literally worth the price of admission to, you know, just even to get a month just to utilize those sheets. And then I think once you get into the site, you'll start to find out, damn, this is a pretty good value for everything, you know, that I have access to. And you'll probably find yourself sticking around. But anyways, Joe, I appreciate it, man. You... Thank you for the kind words. Um... Joe, Joe, did you just zoom in the camera or did your head get bigger? <laughs> <laughs> both no yeah. not wrong it is a pretty cool cheat sheet i appreciate it wait yeah. which camera <laughs> wait a minute what's going on here it's already gone off the rails we're only six minutes in damn it all right i blame you dave all right let's uh let's do our beer of the week mm, beer all right dave what you got for us well, making its third appearance on the Fantasy Six Pack Hour, um, we've got the Old Nation Shandy. Super simple. Um, wrong time of the year for it, but when you know you asked me to be on the show 15 minutes before we start, that's what I have in the fridge. That's that's fine, man. Glad you could glad you could participate. Thank you for coming on. Yes, Indeed. AJ. Uh, I am drinking the. Uh, Kushwa Brewing Co's Burn Slow. It is like the red eye that makes sense because I uh, looks feels like my eyes right now. They are burning. They yeah, hurt. Well, for I need some to reason, be I decided it'd be a good idea to not only sleep in my contacts Ooh. that are dailies, uh, but then not realize that I didn't take one out and put another one in on top so yeah. fantastic <clears throat> this was a you've got two old contacts in your eye that's a new one no so not you, right now i don't but earlier this week I, I yeah i could not see very well and then i i was like screw it i'm just taking them out i thought maybe i put them in the wrong eye whatever i'm dying behind camera here. <laughs> i literally took them out switched them put them in the other eyes and I was like, yeah, this isn't really much better. It's like, no, fuck it. I'm just taking them out. Put AJ's my glasses on. eyes are not in the best shape of their life. 
No. 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 Rest of my body, peak condition. It's, it, it looks optimal from mm. here. <laughs> it should. It should. I tweaked my Definitely settings, not. So. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I'm drinking an Oscar Blues Cosmic Mutant IPA. I figured I'd bring on a Cosmic Mutant, uh, you know, because Dave's. I figured it, it would it would match with that. Burn. Does it make sorry. any fucking sense, Joe? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the uh, standard IPA, seven percent. It's it's good stuff. I like this. Um, kind of funny saying on the side. Um, through alternate dimensions of time and space. A new mutant is landing with a supernatural yeast strain that explores layers of hop flavor that once believed to be beyond good. the reach of brewing into it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I, I already didn't want to try it. I come to your planet bringing more yeast infections. <laughs> I mean, yeast like, strain. Oh my god, beer. I almost spit out my beer. It's like alien <laughs> or something. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Don't ever read that again. We asked for the name of a beer, not a short story joke. Read, read it again, you mean? No, just kidding. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. All right, short stop preview. Was so much better. Was it? You sure about that? Yeah. All right. Anyway, if I can find my show notes here, I don't know where anything went because I've been doing like 5 million things. So bear with me for a second. But all right, Dave. So we're talking about short stops. Um, we like to leave the show pretty much every time with kind of kind of your draft strategy overall. You know, you're thinking heading into drafts. Um, shortstop, you know, it, it's a it's a fairly deep position at least compared to some of the other infield positions. Um, I'd say it's probably the deepest of the infield positions. Yeah. But you know, there are obviously your like super elite talent up top, right? Um, so. Do you find yourself going into drafts trying to grab one of those guys at, at the top, or are you fine waiting and taking kind of whatever falls to you as the draft goes around? It kind of depends on the draft board, and I know that's kind of like a crappy answer, but it's the truth. Um, I mean, as you know, I am very much like high man in the room on Tim Anderson, just as an example. So I'm happy waiting, um, you know, you know, however far, what, six, seven rounds, um, you know, and snagging Tim Anderson. However, I often find myself taking somebody ahead of him. And then if I've got like a middle infield spot, then Tim Anderson slides in there. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's such a skilled position. I mean, there's literally like 14 guys that I'm very happy to roster as my starting shortstop, let alone middle infield. So um, I'm not in a rush to take a guy, but if the board dictates that it's time to take a shortstop, then that's what I do. And that's how it usually ends up falling to me. It seems. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Like, obviously, you know, I would love to get a Turner, um, even a, even a Bichette or a wit near the end of the first round. Um, you know, somebody like that, that, that would be ideal. If I, if I miss on those guys, cause obviously if you want Turner, you're going to need probably at least a top four pick. Um, yeah, at least, <clears throat> Yeah, um, yeah, that's the four would be pretty good, but you know he's going two, one in some leagues. <clears throat> you know, I mean, you you can round, you know, you can find kind of the fourth, fifth, sixth round. You can grab the Simeons, the Lindors, the Seegers, the Francos. It, it, it all depends on the draft, but um, I'm perfectly happy grabbing one of those guys and think it is worth kind of taking one of those, you know, sec maybe third tier shortstops, I'm perfectly fine because 
and I almost prefer it because the other infield positions and even outfield to some degree isn't quite as deep, right? And so I kind of want to grab players at those positions a little earlier to lock in that elite talent, knowing that, you know, I can get a Bogarts later or, you know, Swanson or Franco, somebody like that. And I'm going to be perfectly fine with the production I get from them uh, at, at especially at the time that I can get them in the draft. So that's the way I kind of go for it. Um, but <clears throat> AJ, you got any differing opinions with, with the strategy? No, I mean, like you said, it's, it's a deep enough position that I'm not necessarily focusing on it unless I have one of those top three, four draft picks. I might go after a Turner. Um, just to lock it in and and especially now because he's a philly but (laughs) um yeah i i don't i don't have a problem waiting on on short just trying to fill out outfield especially with more of my leagues you know having four or five outfielders and and one to two utility spots you know i like to like to lean towards that but Nothing, All right. Nothing to ordinary. Move into our questions, our All right. player questions. So I'm going to lead off here with uh, Mr. Fernando Tatis, uh, otherwise known as, as Nando, um, per, per that. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And I've got a couple more of these. Make he sure was you get a, Eli uh, Morgan. He was. I'm. I'm going to bring that out later. Okay, for the picture show. <laughs> All right, we got a Diamond King and then um, Destiny. So, I. I mean, these are kind of weird things to use to describe this guy because he hasn't played. He's still suspended to start the season for this year. He's coming off of bad injuries. I mean, do you think we're ever going to see the 2020 version of Tatis again, Dave? Um, probably. Um, it's just a matter of when, um, I know we're not here to talk dynasty, but in a dynasty league, he's a guy that I'm just not interested in because he's got a high value, but, um, I just don't trust him to stay in the field, honestly. So for redraft, I actually would be more interested because if I'm wrong, I'm just wrong for one year. Um, with that being said, this is not, I, I don't know that I'll ever target him. Um, I'd probably have to see a couple of years of not having to worry about him. But then if and when that happens, then he's where Trey Turner's going. He's going to be going first, second, third. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then everyone's going to want him. So then even if I want him, maybe I can't get him. So um, he's not a guy that I'm looking at <clears throat> this year. I mean, it doesn't help that he's suspended to start the season. You know, I mean, sure, it'd be great to have him after that so long as he stays healthy. I just trust so many people more than I trust Tatis. Yeah, my my issue with Tatis is, uh, I mean, not only is he he's missing what at least he's missing what the first couple weeks at least right month. How far is it? I, I mean, I, I'm not even he's not even on my draft board, so I haven't really even. I, again, I, that's why I don't know it actually because I I haven't. Sorry, what do you say? I'm pretty sure it's late April at best. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. So, um, so my thing with him is that like I, if his draft value was lower, I'd be all about it. But he's going in like the late second round, 
still. And I'm like, hell no. Like, no way. I'm not taking a guy who has pretty bad injury history at this point, right? And then on top of it is dealing with a suspension? No. Just... I'm completely out on him. If he were to drop to like the fourth round, I might consider it, but he will never drop there in a redraft league. So the late middle of April. So right now, if everything, there's no cancellations or anything, April 20th, which coincidentally is 420. So take that for what it's worth. I'll drink to that. that. Ayo. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, look, we know the talent is there. Like he is a bonafide superstar when he's on the field. But, I mean, last year was a complete lost season for him. Uh, You know, dealing with shoulder and was there a wrist injury too or something like that? Like, there was multiple things that went on and, like, you know, everybody thought he was going to be able to come back last year and then it was like, oh, the shoulder's worse than we thought, so he's, like, held out forever and you're like, God, okay, great. Um, So, the fact that he's like suspended, you wonder if they're not really like, you just wonder if that injury is still lingering somehow or there's something else going on with him. It just, I don't know. There's just so much unknown with him at this point. I am not willing to take that risk on him. I did last year and got burned by it. And maybe that's why I'm not doing it this year. Um, and maybe I'll get burned the burned. other way this time. Like, like AJ's beer burned slow. Um, but uh, see how circle back. That's great. That's great work. Um, <laughs> circle the shape of a contact. I had two of them. That's bringing it back mm-hmm. I mean, on top of each other. If, if you look at his ADP, um, I mean, he's going like 19th, which too early for me personally. Too way too early. Um, yeah. but then you look at my TGFBI draft and he went 16th, so right in line. Yep. But again, that's an example of he would never be available where I would take no, him. No, never. Like you ever. said, fourth round. Yeah, I would probably take him in the fourth round, I guess. He absolutely he was 16th in mine, too. That's funny. Yeah. He'll never be there. So, no, nah, absolutely not. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I get I get it. If you swing and it, and it hits. That's a slam dunk pick, and like you're going to clean up. That is super good value. If he comes back, like, look, if you could get the 2021 version of Tatis, and you know he's only going to miss what the first 20 days, 25 days of the season, and you could get him a pick 16, 17, or 20 ish, you would do that every day. But we have no idea what we're getting from him because he's been so injured. <clears throat> he hasn't played in a while. And he's moving to the outfield. So, like, who knows what that's going to do to him, too? There's just a lot of unknown. Some eligibility. You know, you're, you're, you're hoping in a perfect world to get, like, 400 at-bats out of him. Whereas yeah. you can pick a dozen guys at shortstop that are going to get another 200 at-bats. Yeah. And, yeah, Tatis might be able to roughly perform – at the same level if he's fully healthy, but you literally need him to be like you, you need to be perfect basically, you know, and yeah. I'm not, I, no thanks. Yeah. I know. Uh, I know the draft tracker likes him uh, because of the projections like him, but he's okay. one of those guys where when I see him come up on the board, I'm like, ah, I've got to pass. <laughs> so use the draft tracker as a guide, not a Bible. That is the best advice I can ever give you. Like, it's it's not telling you who to draft. It's 
guiding you. So it's all information. You take it for what you want it to t- take it. What a, um, what a beautiful phrase, though, Joe. I wonder where you got that from. Oh, like I've never thought of that before? Thanks, dude. That's literally verbatim what I've said. It is me. not verbatim. Bullshit. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I listen to you talk it. enough. It is. <laughs> where, where do those commercials throw the red challenge flag? Look out, Channing Tatum. <laughs> All right. Let's move on here to Alexander uh, Bogart's teammate <clears throat> of Tatis now. Um, interesting player for 2023. Um, I mean... He's been a very productive player throughout his career, right? And he was very good last year overall. If you look at just the raw numbers, right? I mean, 15 home runs, a little a little less than what you would like from him. Um, <clears throat> still give you eight steals. <clears throat> Excuse me. Batting average was up at 307. That's phenomenal. Um, you know, 84 runs, 73 RBI. Good, good stuff. Good counting stats all around, even in that kind of weak Boston lineup. Now goes to San Diego, obviously going to have Machado, Tatis at some point. Pretty, you know, a much needed upgrade for him in that lineup. And, well, but then but then you look at it, right? And, and you look at it and you go, okay, well, he's moving from Boston, hitter-friendly park to San Diego. Probably one of the worst hitter, <laughs> hitter parks that there is. So that's not so good. What's your thoughts on Bogarts this season? Like, you know, if you just look at the raw numbers, where he's going in drafts is a value. But why is he down there, and are you willing to draft him? I think he's like probably at least a couple other players we might talk about where he is maybe good is too strong for a word, but but he's good across the board, but he's not elite anywhere. Um mm-hmm. I, I think he probably has not probably he has more value in an OBP league than he does in average league, and it's not that his average isn't good, um, but his OBP his is average is over three hundred. It's phenomenal. Um, well, he's yeah, but I mean, he's I don't think he's going to hit three hundred necessarily. Um, but his, his on base is, is more solid, I think, yeah. than than his average would be. But in the last four years, he's I mean, he's three hundred nine, three hundred two ninety five, and three hundred seven. His average is top notch, but his OBP is really good too. I, but but yeah. compared to yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm just saying I'm more interested in OBP. However, again, there's a lot of shortstops that I just like more. I think you'll see not a big but a slight uptick in his numbers in San Diego over Boston. Um, but he's just not a guy that wows me anywhere. And like his ADP is basically the same as Wander Franco. And I would say that, you know, Xander has a, a much higher floor, but the ceiling goes to Wander. And, you know, I've told you, you know, when we talk about these TGFBI drafts, I'm playing to win. I'm not playing to get 30th or 50th or 100th. I'm playing to get first. So if you give me the choice between Wander or Bogarts, yeah. I'm going to take Wander, and I'm okay being wrong because I'm playing the game of trying to win. And I don't see Xander winning me a league. And I'm not necessarily saying Wander would, but I think Wander has that capability where, you know, Bogarts doesn't. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you're, you're looking at what you're getting from Bogarts. And, yeah, average is huge if he maintains that. But you got it. You got to get all of the categories and and need that consistency across the board, you know, 
for everything. And, and I agree. I would look at, at Franco, Franco and his ceiling, and it would be much more intriguing for me to be to to jump at that point and just play to win. I mean, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. I don't really know many people who are in fantasy leagues that play for like mid tier, maybe a playoff appearance. Um, I'm trying to paint to Joe. Damn it, I can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my my thoughts with Bogarts and and, and they're actually like if. It's weird because the 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 overall yeah, stats they, last year were, were pretty good, right? I mean, if you look at them, you know, they, they were solid across the board. I mean, like, you wish you could get a few more steals, and maybe he will this year because of the rule change. But there's some underlying stats that really worry me about him. And, you know, his exit velocity was like 35th percentile. Barrel rate was 37th percentile. Hard hit rate, 47th percentile. Slugging, X, X slug, 42nd. It just there's a lot of things going in the wrong direction for him as far as those underlying underlying metrics, and and I think the the projections and you know those that are ranking most people at least are noticing that, and that's why he's lower down the list. Um, then I then I think where people would expect him to be. I feel like at this time last year he was probably a top five shortstop. And he's now, for me, number 10. So it's pretty far down the list. And like easily taking a Franco, you know, Seeger, Lindor, all those guys above him. But last year, that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been the talk. So um, <clears throat> speaking yeah. of some other guys here, AJ. Yeah. All right. So we've got Tommy Edmond. And uh, Mr. Tim Anderson, who you mentioned earlier, Dave, they're being drafted about a full round apart um, with Edmund obviously going ahead. But both players, to me at least, seem to offer pretty fairly similar stats. Um, you know, obviously the big knock on Anderson is playing time. He's mm-hmm. been injured for more than a full season over the last four seasons combined with 172 games missed um obviously it sounds like you already answered this part of it but are you're willing to roll the dice on anderson in general but are you're willing to do it over edmund specifically knowing that we're looking at lost time here i i think that the missed games is way overplayed um i mean yes last season he played half half the year but other than that he other than his rookie year hasn't played less than 120 games so i mean best case scenario pretty much nowadays if a guy plays 155 games that's that's awesome he missed seven games which is almost surely because of rest Mm -hmm. he's only he's only 20 less than that That, that's not a big deal you know that's an an il stint a season maybe two i don't think that's a big deal in this in this day and age so i think his injury concerns are only because he missed so much time last season and every yeah. report that I've seen says, hey, he's good and ready to go. And a, t- a healthy Tim Anderson is a five-category contributor. And let's see, his ADP right now is what? His ADP is around 93? Yeah. Like, get the hell out of here. I will take him all day long in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I love Tim Anderson. If, if, if Tim yeah, Anderson is, it, is that NFBC ADP? Round, I don't know. It's what's on fan graphs. Oh, uh, okay. 
but if, yeah that's if i think that's out of bc his round, his like consensus adp is like in the 120s oh, like which is gonna go more. up <laughs> yeah but yeah I'm, I'm if i lose a, a if I lose the league because I took Tim Anderson in the seventh round, I'll, I'll live with it. <laughs> in the baseball cards. I don't know. Uh, My thing. But I will say, this is the best White Sox outfit of all time. Oh, God. Love it. Um, Love it. Yeah, you I mean, really I need to get those contacts. I kind of had to do, like, when you started mentioning Tim Anderson in the little chat that, that you and me and a couple others have over, over here in our Slack channel for Fantasy Six Pack, um, I kind of, like, I was like, uh, the injuries. And I mean, you say he's, you know, he's only played less than 120 games once in the last, you know, few years. But like, like we're talking he played 123 games in 2019, 123 games in 2021. Yeah. I mean, that matters. So and, and and I think the other thing too is just the RBI aren't there for him, but you have to hope. I mean, you you have to hope that Eloy and Robert, now he's not going to hit those guys in. He'll hit in front of those guys. But you have to hope that a lineup just gets better. And without Larusa there, hopefully it does. Like that, that that team just needs to get better, healthier. Um, and you're right; he is a five category guy, even with missed time. You know, you're getting double digit home runs, you're getting double digit steals, you're getting a great batting average, you're going to get tons of runs, and then the RBI are, are you know fine. They're not elite. But he's good, especially where you can get you're him not, in drafts. You're not looking um, for RBIs out of somebody you know that's hitting early in, in the lineup. That's not necessarily yeah. what you're chasing with him. So. Right. <clears throat> you were just talking about Bogarts, and you know we were talking about how great his average is. Tim Anderson is right there with him. Yeah. I was talking about his on-base percentage and you know how good Bogarts' on-base percentage was. And um, you, you look at Tim Anderson, and he's – basically right there with them a couple percentage points off so yeah i think you're getting if you like bogarts and you don't like tim anderson it's only because you look at how many games he missed last season mm-hmm. you can't tell me 123 games in a season it'll scare you off if i knew he was going to play 125 games this year i would still draft him where i drafted him yeah so want to get your quick thoughts on edmund though so you know, to me, Edmund is a guy who I'm personally just not really that interested in. I know the, the speed is there, and you know everybody wants to look at the power kind of trending upwards. I'm literally leery of the power, to be honest. You know, it was very front-loaded last year. Uh, he hit most of his home runs uh, in the early months. So, what do you what do you think? With Edmund, as far as uh, as far as drafting him this year, are you remotely interested in him? I, I'm never gonna draft him um, because I'm gonna get Tim Anderson, um, you know, in place <laughs> of him. And for everything that you know Anderson does, you know, for a similar ADP, Tim, um, I'm sorry, uh, Edmund is at least a notch below everywhere probably <clears throat> except for runs maybe they're probably in steals there. i mean oh, his yeah. steals are like 30 and 32 yeah, so but that, he, i mean he... edmonds you were talking about you know his power he has 11 home runs five home runs and then the last two years where he's played basically full seasons 11 and 13 yeah and like so i said last year it was 20. very it was very front loaded yeah, i think he hit um he hit a bunch in like the first couple months and then it was just kind of like it just was all kind of gone um so yeah not super interested <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on Edmund either. Um, I, I do like Anderson. I'd much be, you know, see myself waiting much more than than jumping at an Edmund. Let somebody else have him. All right, let's move on here to our uh, our seven hundred million dollar man. I mean, I don't know what he is. Um, Carlos Correa um, signed by what three, four, ten different teams this offseason, yeah, It felt like you better good say Lord. who he plays for. I don't know if anybody knows. <laughs> uh, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. I think, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sort of like, uh, yeah, no, no. It's definitely the Twins. Um, so, I mean, he, he eventually signed. Like, it was supposed to be the same friend, then the Mets, and then, like, the, the knee issue. Like, they nulled the deal. And then eventually signs with Minnesota. Still got a pretty fat contract. Uh, not as high as he would have gotten with the Mets. But very, very not, nice contract. Um, better annual salary yeah but he wanted that long-term thing man and that would have been crucial um so i mean look we know correa has the talent but like it just feels like it really hasn't come together since you know it feels like a while like i mean you know 2021 ended up being okay 2022 was a bit of a down tick. I don't know. Like, it just feels like there's something lingering over Correa that makes people not want him in drafts. And I think he's actually going a little too late. But I, I get the fear, especially with like the knee creeping up in you know two different contract negotiations. What's your thoughts on him? You know, again, I'm going to reference Tim Anderson all night long, I guess, because we keep talking. We're talking shortstops here. But <clears throat> so if you're worried about Tim Anderson's health, Tim Anderson only really missed time last season. You want to go back and look at Carlos Correa. My biggest concern about him is health. If you look, his last two seasons, fine. 136 games last year, 148th year before that. Totally fine. Missed a little bit of time. No big deal. Obviously, we skipped COVID. We go back 2017, 18, 19, played 109 games, 110 games, and 75 mm-hmm. games. Now, granted, that's three, four years ago, but that's where it concerns me. I mean, I think talent-wise, Carlos Correa, elite compared to like a Tim Anderson. But I think that I trust not only Tim Anderson's floor, but I also like Tim Anderson's ceiling yeah. over Correa's. Yeah. And I think Correa is a superior player. I just, I just don't know. I don't trust him. Um, but with that being said, I wouldn't hate if Carlos Correa was my starting shortstop because you know if I can get him, you know, well after pick one hundred, if I miss, if somebody snipes me on Tim Anderson, then I'm going to be waiting. And a guy like Correa falls to me. I'm not pissed off about it, but I'm nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the one thing, too, to think about with Correa is that he's not running at all anymore. Uh, so you you do have to take that into consideration, which is why he drops. Like, he is a you're-hoping-for category guy. <laughs> um, yeah, he hasn't had a stolen base. He's had one stolen base in three years. So he's... four. Yeah, four years, actually. Okay, four years? Okay. Four oh, years. Yeah. And right. then it was... Before that, it was three, and before that, it was two. Yeah, and then you got so, you, you got to go back to his first two years in the league where he was running fourteen so and thirteen. His last stolen base was before COVID. 
Yeah, so that's not a good sign. He's probably not running despite the rule changes. Uh, what, maybe you give him one or two? <laughs> that's not that's not doing it for you. So, I mean, look, you just have one to hope that if you if you draft board. him late, you're hoping for power. And, and that's power and a little bit of average. If you play OBP, is OBP's fine? Yeah, um, yeah. So you're going for power. Bad player, but uh, you're you're hoping to get you know that at a position where I think you can typically count on some speed too. And that's what makes it rough to, to draft yeah. him. Right. That that's why he he falls even farther in my opinion, which is why I'm not interested. In him. I mean, if you look at everybody going ahead of him in drafts, outside of maybe like two guys. They all have actually. I'm not even sure that that's true. Well, Seager, um, Seager doesn't. Basis. Yeah, Seager uh, doesn't run. Bogart isn't going to run much. Bogart doesn't run much, but he does run. Willie Adamas isn't going to run much. Yeah, but, but they. So, still yeah, like, like I said, like one or two guys. The all yeah. of these guys run. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's that's a tough trade off, and you're going to have to go find your speed elsewhere. So, um, that. That's why I'm not really interested in him because I, I typically want to grab some some speed from this position because there's so much of it. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, you know, good segue off of Correa is to talk about his, you know, the guy who replaced him, and that's uh, Jeremy Pena. Hate to say it, but the World Series MVP. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for that, Joe. Um, I mean, look, he do play very well last season uh in his rookie year but do you think he's going to have repeat success or are pitchers going to kind of figure him out a little bit is he going to be even better where where do you see him falling this year um i mean he's not a guy that i'm comfortable with as my starting shortstop if he's my middle infielder i i that's mm-hmm. not my draft strategy <laughs> But I guess I don't hate it. Um, but he's again not a guy that that wows me anywhere. Um, average is average. Um, you know he's got some power, so that's fine. He's going to score some runs because of the team he's on. He's going to get some RBIs again because of the team he's on. So he's not a bad player by any means. It's just you know this shortstop position, like we've talked yeah. about, is so loaded that I don't know that he's a top. 20 guy you know um you put him in the outfield and okay well i have i'm interested now but at shortstop eh, i i just won't roster him just because of the way the board falls and the way that i typically attack you know that position all right joe thoughts on the opinion so i actually do have him as a top 20 guy um right right inside of it 18 you know i i kind of again he's not a starting shortstop for me but he's somebody that <clears throat> I'm comfortable plugging in a middle infield. He kind of, you know, at this point in the draft, like it's hard to find true five star or five category like stars across the board, right? <clears throat> and you and you said his average is average. That's fine, you know. Like at this point in the draft, there's not a lot of dudes who can give you. 20 plus home runs, you know, 70 RBI, 70 runs, which is what he's like, you know, he's projected around, if not a little bit more. Um, And double digit steals and hit around 250. That's pretty decent all around good line for a middle infielder. That's okay. I'm perfectly fine with that. Here's what I want to caution you at, though. If you're playing in an OBP league, 
you're going to get a higher batting average from Tim Anderson than you're going to get on pace for Jeremy Payne. Correct, correct. Yes, OBP, so OBP I leagues, he is not a target of mine. He drops significantly in OBP leagues because nope. he does not walk. <laughs> not Literally does not walk. But his batting average is, is, is okay, right? Yeah. Um, and and I do think he's sort of just kind of surprised last year. We, we saw him kind of jump out real, real hot. Had a law, got a little. I think he got hurt for a brief stint. Came back, was kind of mad. Like, he, but like, he never. I had him on on many rosters last year. He never was a guy where I looked at him and I was like, "Oh, I don't want him anymore. He sucks." Like he just kind of kept producing enough that he was always pluggable into a middle infield spot. It was hard to find somebody else better out there than him. Um, now, granted. That was different last year because you could get him off the waiver in a lot of leagues or like the last round in drafts because people just weren't drafting him like that. But so this year you're gonna have to take take him a little early. But again, where he's going, he's hopefully you drafted well enough that he would be your middle infielder and not a shortstop. <laughs> yes, he is, Jason. Uh a shandy. Um <laughs> You know, but I mean, again, it's just those are solid, solid all around numbers. Not great, not league winning. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe he does take an extra step. I don't think you're going to see anything much worse. Let's put it that way. So I don't think it's I a mean, horrible. He's a pretty highly regarded prospect. So yeah. um, I, I think he got called up a little sooner than I expected. I didn't expect him to, you know, be up so quick last year. <laughs> when I you lose Correa, that'll do that. <laughs> no, I know. But, um, so, I mean, he does have a prospect pedigree, not a, like a Wander Franco kind of pedigree, mm-hmm. but he was a, a well-regarded prospect. Yeah. Yeah, what uh, I think I've seen here, he was team ranked number one and overall 26 at one point. Yeah, yeah. He's... So, yeah. I mean, that's that's solid. So, yeah. Um, again, you know, I, I, I think we saw flashes last year where, like, he could be something more. I'm not betting on it, but I'm not – I would bet more on that he becomes better than he becomes worse. So take that for what you will. Um, yeah. AJ, All anything? Right. Uh, no, I mean, I, I got to see a lot more of this guy, obviously, in the World Series. <laughs> but, I, I mean, what I saw, I liked. Um, and, and then I kind of went back and looked at what he'd been doing through the year and everything. <laughs> um I don't think that he's going to have some kind of crazy sophomore slump or whatever. Um, I think he'll, he'll be able to repeat pretty close to where he's at and, you know, maybe take another step forward. It's still a really good lineup. So yeah. he's got protection around him, and he just know. gets buried in the lineup. Unfortunately too. That's, that's the other problem. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't help. Yeah, so I mean, it's a good lineup to get buried in, though you know. Yes, yeah. that is true. Hey, a lot of RBI opportunities, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All yeah. right, so let's move over here to Mr. O'Neill Cruz. Uh, I mean, this dude is just an athlete, man. This guy is huge. He's fast. He can hit the sh- living shit out of the ball. Uh, I mean, we're talking hard hit rate, like 81st percentile, max exit velocity, 100th percentile. By the way, like, yeah. dude crushes the ball <clears throat> when he makes contact. <laughs> that's the big thing, right? This guy strikes out uh, at like the league worst. He is in the first percentile on K percentage. 
That's not good. That's the wrong percentile to be. <laughs> uh, you do not want to be number one in that rate. So, I mean, what do we do with this guy? He's being drafted, you know, maybe not at his ceiling, but he's still being drafted at a point where I feel like people are just hoping it clicks and taking a chance on him. You know, he's going ahead of, ahead of some... I hate to use the word safe, but he's going ahead of some of these safer, more reliable, in my opinion, shortstops. Tim Anderson, Willie Donis, Carlos Correa, Iris Jimenez, right? He's going ahead of these dudes, even Pena. Like, do you... Do you believe in that draft strategy of taking Cruz and taking that chance, knowing that at that point you've probably missed on the top 10 to 12? Um, I don't hate it per se, but he's not a player that fits what I'm trying to do. So I am very focused on average and finding guys that have an average with you know stats that I can live with, especially early. And then I, I try not to, or I pretty much avoid, not not at all cost, but I mean, I, I try to avoid guys like him who are just a, an absolute black hole um, in average. But this guy literally is, is 80 power. I mean, it doesn't get any more than, than this guy. Yeah, and, he's just, he crushes the ball. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, he, he, and he steals bags too. I mean, if he went 2020 yeah. this year, no, no surprise. I, I'm not shocked in the least, but. The K percentage is is death. Um, Again, if he's in an OBP league, um, you know, you're basically looking at Jeremy Pena again, only with a lot more home runs. Um, Maybe. (laughs) He's just not a guy that fits my profile. I'm not looking for guys that are this bad um, and this, like, kind of sure to have a poor batting average. Um, And like I say, you know, we've talked about the guys that I'm interested in, the guys I'm waiting on. So Neil Cruz isn't going to be a guy – that I happen to get because again, I'm, I'm waiting on Tim Anderson. I'm going to get Tim Anderson a round or two after I would have to take O'Neill Cruz. So I, I I'm never going to miss out on Tim Anderson and end up getting O'Neill Cruz, you know? Yeah, I definitely like Cruz's upside. Um, a lot of the leagues I play in don't, you know, the, the K rates, not a big deal. Um, because it's not necessarily like points leagues average is, is nothing, you know, or just head to head weekly strike. leagues in general. Like you can make up for yeah. it with other guys in short stints. So his, his bad average doesn't drain you over the course of the full season. Yeah. And so I get know, it. The, the looking at the, the home run potential, the stolen base potential, the, the positive points that you're looking at there. Uh, again, would negate any potential negative points you can get from from the Ks. But, you know, he, he did show a little bit better plate discipline the end of the year. So hopefully he can carry that into this year and just get out of the 30% uh, for that K rate. But I, I like him. I just – I don't know if I can pay up for him either, so – but speaking of paying up, well, hey, hang on one second. I, I want to just give a couple of thoughts. So, so, like, he's he's a guy who like every time he's going to get drafted, and when he got drafted in my TG TGFBI league, I went ooh, because mm-hmm. you look and you're like you're intrigued. You're like, how the hell is this fit? 
And like I looked at the, I'm looking at the guy's team. That was his second hitter. His first hitter was Kyle Tucker. So he went Kyle Tucker, Strider, Nola, Christian Javier, then O'Neill Cruz. And you're like, nope, that ain't it. Because now you're getting to the point where it's hard to find really good average players to help bring that up. And if you do find those guys that can help you in average, you're usually giving up other categories because they're just contact hitters. They're not power hitters, right? Now, he did get Taylor Ward. I like that. And he got Gleyber Torres. That's kind of in the middle as far as average. I don't love that one. but um, So I think he's okay. But Cruz is is going to, going to hurt him. It will be the – if it works, that's, that's an awesome move. If it doesn't work, that's – that's going to be uh, – that will be the pick that sunk him, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like if you draft him, you limit later options because you can't go after like a Hunter Renfro or, or somebody. Right. You can't go after a similar yeah. player. Now you're looking at a guy like, you know, uh, Luis Arias, and you're like, God, man, that 310 average, boy, that, that looks good. It's real nice, but those 44 RBI yeah. don't. <laughs> and I made that up. I have no idea what his RBI total no, but is, but it's not you good. Fall into the trap of being like, God, I kind of I need to reach for him because I got to make. Ooh, I wasn't far off. Fifty five. Yeah, and then, you know, you find yourself doing that a couple of times. Yeah, and then, well, then at that point, then you need Cruz to hit, but then you also need these other guys to hit, and then now you're just back to even. So I, I just yeah, don't I mean, like he, guys that are a, a death hole at anything. I can live with no stolen bases. But don't give me a guy with no power or with no batting average because it's really hard to make up. Yeah, he went he went sixty fifth in this. That is that's 66, early sixty six in mine. I just looked. Yeah, I mean, I I know that's where he's going. That's just too rich for me. I don't want any part yeah. of that. There's so many other guys going around that range. I mean, people are taking. I mean, and I get there's injury risk here, but like Eloy. Even your boy Adolis Garcia went right, oh, right in God, front of man. him. I'll never fucking hear the end of that. <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> you rightfully told uh, me, Jesus Christ, Joe. Forget, forget something, would you? Nope, absolutely not. You <laughs> will never let me forget stuff. So when you know you would give it. You know you would give like it right that, back to me. Um, Joe, Joe, Joe runs is, fantasy receipts. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his own fantasy receipts. Is that why I wasn't blocked yet? No, just kidding. No, not even close. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's just, I mean, the upside is tantalizing, and and I get it uh, because he is a he is a hell of an athlete, a hell of a player. Um, it just it just has to really go right for him. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but I'd be betting that it it doesn't more than it will. But, um, all right, last player. Oh, well, last guy we got here bit. is obviously yeah, a name we've mentioned. And that would be Mr. Uh, Juan Franco. Franco. I mean, what what are your expectations for him on you know hopefully having a full season this year? League MVP. Well, maybe <laughs> not. Um, he yeah. is my starting shortstop in in TGFBI, and it's tough because Joe knows that I was going back and forth between Wander and Willie Adamas. And Joe was Willie Adamas, Willie Adamas, Willie Adamas. And I had my heart set on Wander. And we, we talked about, I mean, it's kind of my same theory. Um, you know, a guy like Willie Adamas, I, I actually love Willie Adamas. I'm probably, you know, one of one of the higher guys on him. 
but Willie Thomas is not going to win me TGFBI. Um, I'm not saying Four that Wander Franco is going to, <laughs> but Wander Franco has that kind of potential. Like, problem is Wander Franco could could lose you TGFBI because he only plays like 70 games. It's such a small sample size. I mean, we we've we've gotten one season out of him, so combined. But again, <laughs> but again, I'm 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 valuing average, you know, quite heavily. And that ultimately is where I decided, okay, do I want to go with the average um, over Adamas? Do I think I can make up average? Or do I want to take the home runs and RBIs and go Adamas? And so that's the way I looked at it. I figured I can catch up in home runs and RBIs a hell of a lot easier than I can catch up in average. And it's not like Wander sucks anywhere. I mean, yeah, I wish he had, you know, more stolen bases, but... I just feel like he's less likely not just to hurt me, but more likely to, you know, help me win TGFBI where I think I know what I'm getting with Adamas. So it's a little risky, but I, I, that's the way I'm trying to win. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Franco's upside and it was a tough decision. I ultimately in that, in that scenario, I did pick Adamas because I feel like, He's a little safer, and I know you hate doing that, especially in a league like TGFBI where you're going against, what, 400 people or whatever this crazy number is. Um, so you, you, you've you got you've to gotta take some changes. So I totally get it. My thing is, and, and you mentioned the average, and I know Franco is probably still going to be higher regardless, but Adamas went from a, a BABIP of around 330 the season before to 278 last year you've removed the shift and i believe that's going to go back up and so his average dropped 30 points last year too i just feel like there's he's going to climb back up and so that average difference is going to is going to you know be a lot smaller than what you think the steals are clearly there for franco or at least should be um but just the the overall counting stats that I, I think you can get from Adamas and that you can count on, like more so than, than Franco, is why I would have done that. But I I do like the upside of Franco. He's just he's just a, a risky pick early on in, in drafts. I mean, he went around later than O'Neill Cruz, and he kind of fits that same that same build of you know maybe a little post hype sleeper with Franco at this point because people just don't trust him. But he's still going a little too early for me to where. I'm happy taking Adamas after him or even, you know, Swanson in front of them, you know, because you, you just know you're going to get games and production from Swanson, even though he's in a bad lineup now. I mean, I got Wanderer at 93. I mean, is that really, is that really he early? Went, he went earlier than that no. in my... I mean, I got him in the seventh round. I don't, I, I don't think that's... No, that, that's pretty good. He he definitely yeah, went later in mine. Early. He went... um. And Adamus went one, two, three, went four, eighty-two five, six in mine. Later, so yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're. It just depends on what kind of depends on what you're looking for, and that's how I that's how I made my determination. Like I said, what do I think I could make up for later in the draft? Yeah, Home runs and RBIs or average. Yeah, it's hard I, to get average, I, and I yeah. think I can make up home runs and RBIs. No, Definitely. I I totally agree. I totally agree with that. I I. I didn't hate. The, I didn't hate the, the decision. Like I said, I just. I personally would have gone with Damas. It's yeah, it's funny. It. Like I said, Franco went like a whole round earlier in mine. He went eighty second in mine. He went ninety. What you got him in ninety five? You said. 
93, I think. Yeah. And then Adonis went like a whole round and change after in, in mine. So it's funny how these drafts are so different. Um, all right. So let's finish things off here. We always like to ask for each position, kind of some favorite late round targets. So, you know, let's, let's kind of dive deep into those, those rankings and, and projections and, find some of these guys that we can get later on that are clearly going to be middle infield or maybe just straight up bench spots at this point, stash guys that you're hoping pan out. I mean, how, how late do you want to go? Um, well, let, let's not, let's not go your 30 you team league, you know, 1900 does, roster. Does Javier Baez count as late round? Uh, is, that, is that too early? No, that's fine. He's going so, pretty late. I, I mean, ish. I mean, again, I maybe I'm a little bit of a homer. I don't know, but I, mean, I don't you are. think. That's well, cool. Okay, I don't. I, and I don't know in this particular case if I'm being a homer. But uh, uh, so the thing about Baez, and again, huge secret here. Um, he is very, very hot, and he is very, very cold, and you just ride the waves. Last mm-hmm. year, he never really got hot, not for more than a handful of games. And started out super hot, and then it was just like, oh man. <laughs> and, yeah. and so that's and so I think that we're set to see a significantly better, like more typical Javier Baez. And where he's going now, I, I feel like he then becomes a good value. Uh, it kind of depends. Again, um, you know, if we're talking about you know an OBP league. I completely shy away from him, but barring an OBP league, he's a guy that if he's my middle infielder, um, you know, assuming that I can take the, you know, average hit, um, he's a guy that that I would be interested. I mean, I love him as a bench piece, um, but so again, depending on how late you want to go, I I, I don't mind him. Um, if we want to go a little further down. Big fan here of what we could see from Ezekiel Tovar. He's actually yes. been going probably yeah. pretty early in these drafts compared to where people probably have never heard of him. But in something like TGFBI, you know, you have probably a little more of a sharp room compared to your typical league. So he's going to go, you know, a lot earlier. But I feel like a lot of leagues, he might go on draft or he's going to literally be a very late round pick. Um, CJ Abrams is another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, this could be me being the dynasty guy and, you know, knowing all about these guys and, and maybe they're not quite household names yet, but, um, that's another one. Um, yeah, I got one. What I like, I, I mean, look, I know steals are going to be a little up this year, but, uh, <laughs> I just saw this if Joe ran fantasy receipts, it would only be for Dave's takes. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I know steals are going to be up this year, so maybe not as much value. But I mean, he's going like just—he's basically free. You can get him off the waiver wire. I mean, Jorge Mateo, like he's—you're he's now you're being a homer. Gonna be a—he's yeah. gonna be a, still thirty-five bases last year. Like he's gonna be a cheap source of steals if if you if you're desperate for it at some point in the season. What else is he gonna do for you? Though? How are you gonna make up for a two twenty average? I, he won't use him all year. Let's put it that way. He's gonna be he's, he's gonna be a replacement guy. I mean, you took all the dudes I wanted to mention. You're welcome. Um, okay, <laughs> want me to give you a guy you weren't gonna mention? How about Thario Estrada? How about Brandon Crawford? I I could care less about both of them. Um, if if you're gonna go that route, if you're gonna go that route and take guys there, go ahead, take Anthony Volpe and sit on him. Yeah. 
That's and, tough though, because we just have no idea when he's actually coming up. So, so the truth of the matter is, I wouldn't draft again. I no, fucking TGFBI because that's that's what I'm doing. But when he does get called up, that's the kind of guy who you're gonna want to take and go. Okay, what's thirty percent of my fab? Here's two hundred dollars on Anthony Volpe. And if you're wrong, then fuck it. But if you're yeah. right, if you're right, you are gonna get potentially top ten production. I mean, it it, it could be. It could be substantial. So yeah, that's a I mean, guy, he hit 18 home runs and 44 stolen bases in 110 games last year between Double A and Triple A. That's yeah. That's he's gonna phenomenal. when he gets called up, he's gonna be hitting seventh, eighth, or ninth. Gets his feet wet. Before you know it, he's you know batting sixth, and maybe by the end of the year, if everything goes correct, maybe he's batting second. You know, um, so he, he's the kind of guy that you're gonna want to pay attention to because when that fab round comes, you're gonna people are gonna be dumping money on him. Yeah. Put, put that little star or whatever it is next to his name in on your yeah. waiver wire because when he you know make make that alert pop on your phone when that when when the call up happens because he's going to be one of the ones you're going to want to go after. Yes. Absolutely, I, I like that one. AJ, you got anybody or I think uh, Dave ruined it for us. Well, don't bring me up. <laughs> I'm kidding, Dave. Jeez, don't think so. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of the guys. Like, and honestly, Brandon Crawford. If, if it's a last, I, I just I can't draft the guy anymore. Um, he was but, so bad last year after a super good 2021. But man, I know, I know it's it's but so it, it's like feels like when everybody gives up on him, he's like good player. That it's like, <laughs> come on, I, I know you still got something left. He's gonna get picked up like 800 times in every single yeah, like daily transaction league just because a fantasy like darling bicycle. Because you know, <laughs> or neighborhood bicycle, whatever. Um, because he's on every team every year for some yeah. amount of time. Yeah. I think he's the, one of those examples of a better real life player. So yeah, you, you see Definitely. him and you're like, oh, this guy isn't too bad. And I mean, it's not like he's disgusting, you know. But um, he should not be in your lineup. Um, no, Not I for any extended period of time. He's definitely yeah. an injury replacement type of dude. Unless you've got Joe's 2022 team where everyone gets hurt. Um, you I'm pretty sure he was on my TGFBI team because of that. How about that? Well, yeah, <laughs> I was that desperate. <clears throat> I dropped a Tatis. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yep. That did it. That was the start. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Dave, that is it for the show, man. I want to thank you for jumping on. I know it was last minute. Uh, unfortunately, our uh, you know our original guest had some, some difficulties, technical difficulties. So, uh, yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Uh, let everybody know, you know, what we got going on over here uh, with some dynasty content and and beyond. I guess for uh, for fantasy six pack, I'll let you Boy, do the talking. You are putting me on the spot here. Um, let me. Do you the, even know? Um, <laughs> kind of. So. Um, we got Alex Welch um, doing some under the radar prospects. So, I mean, that's again, these are dynasty type articles, but um, mm-hmm. that's cool. We got Josh Stevens doing trade targets amongst other things. He likes to jump in and do a few things, but trade targets mostly. Um, if you're watching this, you probably watch quite a few videos. So, you know, Jason Beckner, he's doing buy and sell. Um, he is doing. Um, prospects reports from spring training he does a variety of things here and there basically he you know when we come up with an idea i usually run it past jason first and a lot of times he'll take it on um 
obviously we've got my rankings. We got Michael Snyder's prospect rankings as well. Coming out in a few days, I believe his there his new go. updated ones for uh, now that spring has started. He's he's put them out here. I think I think Sunday might is when he said he's bringing them out. So those will be uh, I'm excited for those. But the biggest thing, and I beat a dead horse here again. If you know if you're watching this, if you've got drafts coming up, you really should do yourself the favor of checking out these tools that that we have made because. I'm telling you that, you know, somebody like myself who does a lot of this stuff, I would be lost without the draft tracker specifically. Like, the draft tracker itself is such an amazing it, tool. So explain the draft tracker because, honestly, I, had, I did not write an article about it, and I had not done a video about it. So I've done I've done an article and a video on the cheat sheets, and so you can go find those on the YouTube channel or on Fate Six Pack if you're interested in what they look like or how they work before you purchase. Those are there. But the draft tracker I did not actually touch on. So if you want to give, you know, 30 seconds to explain it, go ahead. So long story short, it is a it is a log for your draft. So you're taking the guys that you've drafted, you're finding the projections that you like, and you're plugging it into the draft tracker, and it allows you to, in real time, get an idea of where you stand in, you know, all the different categories so that when you're drafting, you know, you realize, oh, man, hey, I'm short on stolen bases. I, I need to focus on stolen bases here in the next few picks or, you know, man, I'm really short on home runs or boy, my RBIs are looking amazing. Maybe I should focus on a pitcher. So mm-hmm. it just helps you if used, you know, properly to make sure that, you know, your team isn't too weak somewhere or too strong somewhere, or you're overlooking something. It just helps you. It just helps you keep track of your draft draft tracker like yeah that. no no you're 100% right and, and honestly like that and the cheat sheet mixed together because the cheat sheet helps you identify some of those players that you can plug in to help you because I, I think what a lot of times people fall into when they draft right is is they fall into ADP or they just fall into following rankings and when you do that you you can tend to just kind of draft the same type of player throughout the entire draft and and because that's what ADP told me to do, or that's what rankings told me to do. Um, and yes, even the draft tracker at some point might kind of start, you might start seeing a bunch of the same type of player at the top. But if you notice with Dave's tracker that you're short on a position, you can sort the categories by steals or RBI or home run or strikeouts, you know, for pitchers or whatever you need. And it will say, here's the top guys that are going to help you. And here's the ones that you should draft now because here's our ADP and here's the ones you can wait on because they're ADP, et cetera. So it's all there. Um, both of these together are phenomenal tools and I'm glad Dave was able to share that with us. Yeah, and, and that's let us, literally let us... how I'm drafting my TGFBI. Yep, so it's great. In one of the biggest industry leagues we have, Yep. I'm using our tools, and I swear I would be lost specifically without the draft tracker. Yep. So, all right, man. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'll do it again soon. And you got your own stuff going on here on the YouTube channel anyway. So, yeah, no we will see you around. <laughs> Have a good night, man. All right. See you, Dave. See ya. All right. So, that is it. Next week, we are talking some outfields, and I lost my sheets. Where did it go? Um, There it is. So we've got next week, we are bringing on Paul Sporer, talking some outfields. That'll be fun. Um, Never had him on the show. So first-time guest for the uh, Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. I'm excited to talk about him. Uh, Big name in the industry, so that'll that'll be a 
bunch of great information. He's a super smart dude. So, um, all right, AJ, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Good night, folks, and or whatever you're listening. Thank you for listening and watching. Peace.